Welcome to Behind the Scenes, the podcast. My name is Alex. I'm a mom, a personal development coach, a business consultant, an artist, and I'm also autistic with a lovely sprinkle of ADHD. I love knowing the why behind the what, and I want to encourage you to do the same, especially when it comes to our relationship with ourselves and others. Think of this podcast as your sign to elevate yourself to your unapologetically best and most authentic self. We're going to tear down the labels and masks while creating new ways to define and accept our own humanness. Let's ask more questions, dig deeper, get to know the opposing viewpoint, find out the why behind the what, go behind the scenes with ourselves, others, and the world around us. Hi there, sunshine. So today we're going to be talking about dating and specifically dating like post-divorce. But this could really be applicable for like any stage of dating. This is just the stage that I am in. Um, And honestly, this conversation is a little odd for me uh, only because anytime I have ever talked about relationships in a public setting, it's always been extremely filtered. Uh, It's always had a very biblical filter on it. And today is not going to be that kind of a conversation. Um, In fact, everything that I uh, put on this podcast is going to be as unfiltered as possible. Uh, These are going to be my experiences, my point of views, the shifts that I have taken kind of uh, not necessarily in spite of, but regardless of kind of the societal norm in any niche or space. Um, anyway, so today we're going to get into dating post-divorce, okay? So now to start off, I I am not an advocate of getting married young, not because my marriage failed. And that's not to say that everyone who gets married young is doomed. It's simply because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I got married stupid young. I had just barely turned 18 when we met. I was a baby 19-year-old when we got married. And, and, And to be honest, like in high school, I didn't really date. And if I did, the relationship lasted three months max. And dating and sex is such a taboo topic, especially when you're young. And I remember being a freshman in high school and I played sports. So at lunch, a whole bunch of freshman athletes would sit together and we would literally talk about sex the whole time, every single freaking day. We were all trying to figure it out. And it was it was honestly like highly educational. I mean, as educational as high school freshmen can get, but we were just trying to figure it out. There were a handful of us who had some experience, but for the most part, none of us had any idea what we were talking about, what it meant, what goes into it, none of it. And besides those like cheesy don't have sex videos, these lunchtime talks were my first real introduction to sex. Um, And sidebar, this is why I'm a huge advocate for having proactive conversations that are age appropriate, of course, with your kids early on. And like during these lunchtime talks, like we were asking questions, we were figuring out like, what is this? What is that? What does this mean? 
what 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 do you do here? How is this? So it was a lot of us asking the few who had experience, lots of questions, all of us giggling, and we would even like print out pages and pages and pages of just like content and like the what is sex. And I feel like there is this expectation that is being shouted to young people of don't have sex, don't date too seriously, yada, yada, yada. And then once a person graduates high school and they're in their 20s, the conversation completely shifts to why aren't you dating? When are you going to get married and have kids? And I know for me personally, I was not prepared for what a healthy relationship meant or looked like. And everyone just told me, oh, you'll figure it out with time. It's not easy, but just give it time. And in my opinion, this was the worst advice I could have gotten when it came to dating. So when I got divorced, I still had no clue what that healthy dating thing looked like. And honestly, I feel like the dating world is such a crazy mess uh, that it can be really hard if you aren't sure what you want. And even when you are sure what you want, it's still a really weird jungle of a mess. So there I was, uh, 30 years old, dating for the first time as an adult. And I knew I had a lot to figure out. Um, now this isn't necessarily like what I'm suggesting everybody do post-divorce. I'm not saying it was a great decision. It's just what I did and what worked for me. And I went into dating with the intention to learn what I did and didn't want when it came to a relationship. I was deconstructing my entire life and dating was no different. So I dated very casually in the beginning. I learned really quickly what I didn't want, but what I did want, that was a little harder to figure out the nitty gritty details of. And like during my dating period, there have been three semi-serious relationships. Um, None of them lasted longer than three consecutive months, and all of them ended with me in tears. And each one was a little more heartbreaking than the last. Um, And each of them included this aspect of like an on and off again tendency at some point in the relationship. Now, the first two were very obviously toxic, um, but the third... That's the one that left me absolutely heartbroken and crushed, uh, mostly because the breakup just came out of nowhere. And the reasons didn't really make sense to me. And honestly, I had just fallen way too hard for that one. And when it ended, I was devastated. And I think the hardest part for me was the like the crushing blows didn't stop at the breakup point. And... <sighs> Hindsight is a bitch, but she's also a really great teacher. So I wanted to share some realizations that I've had on my dating journey. Again, not saying that this is like what you should be doing, but just saying this is what I'm learning is the best for me and maybe applicable in your life. So the first thing that I realized is take your time. It's not a race and there's nothing wrong with being single. Do I want a healthy relationship? Absolutely. But that doesn't come overnight. And I don't know if it was because I was so used to being married, but there was um, 
when there was someone that I was dating who I connected really well with, I just naturally wanted to pour into that relationship so much, regardless of if they showed me that they could reciprocate my input or not. And, And now I know I don't want a fast love where I get caught up in the butterflies or where there's no real depth to that relationship. And at the same time, I'm also not just sitting around waiting for that relationship to come in before I start living my life. I'm I'm learning uh, now to just enjoy me, enjoy my time and my kids and the world around me all on my own. And at the beginning, one of the harder things for me to do was um, was just going out and doing things by myself. It was so uncomfortable, and it was something that I had never done before in my life. And I started uh, doing that more and more. And as I did it more and more, it became easier. And now it's very comfortable for me. And and there's even times where, you know, there's a night where I don't have my girls, and I will just go to a sports bar and sit and have dinner and watch whatever game is playing. And I'll sit there with my headphones in, and it's just you know, me and myself, and it's actually very relaxing for me now. Um, but learning how to do all of those things with me, for me, by myself has been incredibly um, rewarding now. The second thing that I am realizing is you have to figure out what you want. Not what your family wants for you, not what society says you should want, but what do you actually want in this season of your life? Do you want a serious relationship? Do you want to date casually? And what does that look like for you? What is your type? When I first started dating, I really had no idea what my actual type was. And I found myself dating guys who had similar qualities to my ex. Not that that was a bad thing entirely, but I mean, there's a reason we didn't work out on both ends. And this piece goes back to that deconstruction thinking that I was talking about last week. I had to figure out what things did I actually find attractive in someone, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And I've realized that my actual type is very different from what I was originally going for. I know that I want a serious relationship. I know I don't want something casual anymore. And I know that I want a relationship with someone who can go toe-to-toe with me in a respectful and loving way, not in like an argumentative sense, but in a mindset capacity. I know that I've got somewhat of an intense personality, and honestly, I need someone who has more of an intense personality as well. Not saying that they need to mirror me, Lord knows we don't need two of me running wild, but someone who can match what I'm giving in their own respect and can also handle what I give. And I think in the same breath, we have to be able to acknowledge where we're at in our own healing journey. When I first started dating, I was nowhere near ready for a serious relationship, which is why I chose to date more casually. And the mistake that I made, though, was once I was ready for a more serious relationship, I didn't make sure that the person I was seeing was also ready for a serious and committed relationship. In fact, that third heartbreak, he told me multiple times that he wasn't ready for me. And I didn't want to pry and I didn't want to, you know, ask more questions or dig deeper into what he meant or ask about his own healing journey. I just kind of had this posture of, that's okay, I can help you heal. (laughs) 
And uh, in a casual capacity, there are conversations that don't need to happen. But in a more serious capacity, there are deeper conversations that should happen early on to make sure that you're both capable of moving forward in a healthy way. The third thing that I have realized is um, boundaries. What boundaries do you need? And you need to have a low tolerance for boundary violations. How much time can you give? When are you available for that person? Are they allowed in your home? Are you comfortable with overnights? When is sex on the table? What type of communications are you realistically hoping for? If you have kids or they have kids, what does that interaction look like and what's that timeline? And then communicate that very openly with the other person. For an embarrassingly long time, I looked at boundaries as a way to keep toxic behaviors at a safe distance. And while that's true, I'm now also realizing that boundaries are actually a really great way to not only protect your peace, but to also set you up for success. And that includes when it comes to dating. An easy one for me has always been keeping my kids uh, separate for the most part. Like, of course, I'm upfront with whoever I'm talking to that I have kids, and my kids know generically that I date, but my girls also know that I'm not just going to bring some random guy around. They may hear me on the phone or see me FaceTiming from time to time, but even then, it's on a rare occasion. I don't plan dates on days I have my girls because that's what's most comfortable for me. And I expect that to be respected by whomever I'm talking to. In fact, like if I'm ever talking to someone and they make some offhanded joke or comment that uh, I need to get a sitter and make for time more time with them, I'm pretty much done talking to that person at that point. Like it's it's an instant block and delete for me at that point. And as the relationship grows and develops, like those boundaries are going to shift, but they don't need to shift until you're ready for them to shift. The fourth thing that I am, it's less realizing and more just kind of standing firm in is don't water yourself down. Just don't be who you are at all times. And I see this happen all the time, and I've done this before. I did this in my marriage. I've done this in dating. But at the end of the day, if you have to water yourself down or adjust yourself to make somebody else more comfortable, they more than likely aren't a great fit for a relationship. And that, and that's not to say that they need to be exactly like you, but if they can't uh, support your perspective or your quirkiness or hobbies to a certain degree, you aren't doing anyone any favors by shoving that part of you into a drawer or by pretending to emphatically adore something that you really can't stand. I uh, I saw this TikTok the other day where this female comedian was interviewing women on the street and her question was, what embarrassing thing did you pretend to like for a man? The responses were everything from sports to movies and shows to foods and types of music. Um, One woman even said that she ended up uh, buying a motorcycle and getting her motorcycle license, which she had no desire to do, but she did it for the man that she liked. Life is way too short to not live authentically. You know, the the easier topics to hold firm on are things like belief systems or political views, but even some of the smaller stuff, in my opinion, is just as important. 
And in my experience, anytime this happens, anytime someone in a relationship is drastically going against their own internal programming, what that's doing is applying unnecessary pressure in some area. And eventually, something is going to snap. Again, not saying they need to be exactly like you, but when choosing to have someone in your life in a capacity such as a relationship, especially a romantic relationship, there needs to be a certain level of alignment in both lifestyles, especially if it's something that's going to impact your lifestyle. For example, I'm not a big party person. Um, so I'm not going to date someone who goes out every weekend. Not that going out every weekend is a bad thing by any means, but that doesn't align with me or excite me. Another thing is I have a potty mouth. Not every guy is going to like that, and that's okay. But I'm not going to water down my verbiage for a guy I'm seeing. And yes, there's a time and place for certain vocabulary, but um, you know that's like in work and whatnot. But I'm not going to... I'm going to talk how it feels comfortable for me to talk in a social setting. And if me using fuck regularly bothers you, like, there's the door. Like, it, it's not, th- those are just like random things that it's just, it's okay. You don't have to like that, but you also don't have to stay here for that. Um, and so I think not watering ourselves down is super important. Uh, the fifth and final little pinpoint that we're going to talk about today. Um, We'll talk about more another week. But today, the last one I want to talk about is uh, acknowledge what's you and what's the other person. After a breakup, we tend to focus on the good things that that person brought out of us. In that third relationship, there were these almost euphoric moments for me where I just felt comfortable being me, where I was peeling back my masking tendencies and I was showing up very authentically and and I credited that to him. Again, hindsight is a bitch, right? And looking back, I've realized that it, it wasn't him who was bringing that out of me. It was actually a direct reflection of my own healing journey. It was who I was healing into. He wasn't stopping me in the kitchen saying, hey, you're masking again. Are you okay? It was me internally stopping myself and saying, hey, Alex, don't keep doing that. And then on the flip side of this, we tend to see a failed relationship and immediately our mind starts spiraling and saying, what's wrong with me? Am I not lovable? And, And I think taking responsibility for the wrongs and toxicity that we bring to a relationship is paramount. But taking on all of the blame and attaching that to ourselves can also be very destructive. And yes, surrounding yourself with people who get you, who embrace you is huge. And even more so, staying true to who you are in the face of possible rejection can be really hard, especially if you haven't built like a good foundation of self-awareness. And this is why I'm such a believer big believer in doing regular self-audits. We need to be able to acknowledge all the good that we do bring to people's lives and realizing the value of that, especially in today's dating world. Uh, The relationship may have been absolutely amazing 90% of the time, but was that because you both were adding value to the relationship or was one person carrying the majority of the positive? I'm not saying be delusional and take all the credit, but be realistic about what you both brought into that relationship. 
especially when you're heartbroken and crying your eyes out. So we're going to we're going to continue this conversation about dating and relationships, but I wanted to kind of drop those little realizations. Um I also want to know what areas do you feel like you struggle with in a relationship or when it comes to dating or even things that you've learned in your dating and relationship adventures. Um whether you're like me, um learning how to date post divorce or you've been dating and you just feel drained and frustrated by it. Send me a message over on Instagram um, and we can talk about it here on the podcast. Also, if you're not following me on social media, come join me. I'd love to just connect with you and be your hype man. So the podcast has just passed 100 downloads, which is crazy and exciting for me, Um, especially because these first few months I've been in these weird transition seasons and um, have been trying to figure this out. And I feel like I'm finally catching a really good groove with it. And so I want to ask a big favor. Would you like and follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening in? Uh, That way you can get a notification anytime I release a new episode. And the second thing I want to ask is, would you share your favorite episode with someone who you think would enjoy the behind the scenes podcast? I would really, really appreciate it. I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. As always, I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you. You've got this.